Good morning and welcome in to the Cap and J Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood with you. Now time for Shot or No Shot and it's brought to you by... That would be ESPN Bat. Now live in Illinois, baby. Download the brand new ESPN Bat app. It is awesome. We say good morning to JW Norley. Good morning, boys, on a Friday. TGIF. Got a big event this weekend we'll get to in a moment at the United Center. How are we on a Friday? I am great. Awesome. By the way, when you're with a team, Shay, when you're aligned with a team like I am with the UIC Flames, you just go ahead and you just wear the same thing every day. Like, I'm, I'll be on the bus to Terre Haute to, to Pottinger Company, uh, Country. <laughs> I'll be in Indiana State tonight. And this is the thing, Shay. Like, what we wear every day, like, just sweats and just, like, the team T-shirt or the hoodie – you just wear it all the time. You don't have to have, like, jeans. You don't have to pack any jeans. Correct. <laughs> if you're part of the team, you just wear the, what the, the team wear. Just find maybe some underwear. But not to do the game. I mean, I got a button down. But otherwise, it's just, like, just casual wear. Very casual. I think hoodies should do the games in fatigues. Shot or no shot, hoodies <laughs> should do the games in fatigues. That'd be super cool. In Terre Haute? <laughs> <laughs> so, where, where are you from? Soldier, <laughs> I don't think that works. <laughs> I had many an interesting journey recruiting in Indiana in 1983. Justin, how would that work? Me going there with fatigues. Yeah, right. <laughs> Who knows? It could go either way. But it's See? the greatest when you wear coach wear. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, every day you get up, you got free sweats, free gym shoes, free T-shirts, a free all. ski cap, oh my a God. free all warm winter coat with the team logo. And you got, like, 20 sets of it. Outside of my button-down collared shirt and, and slacks and shoes for the broadcast, and I'm doing radio, I don't even have to wear that. I'm just radio. Right. So, But the idea that you could just walk around, because when I walk around the lobbies of these hotels around the Missouri, they think I'm a coach. Correct. They think I coach the forwards. They coach. Big guy must do the inside players. I'm just going to get coffee down in, in the lobby. <laughs> coach, good morning. Morning, how you doing? <laughs> Just, that's what I'm doing. I'm just. I'm, they think I coach the forwards. That's how I, I don't. I don't correct them. Do I not wear sweats here? I'm not today. I'm in, you know, dress clothes. Yeah. But do I not normally come here in sweats? No. Every day. I mean, something comfortable. Yes. I got. Yes. Yeah, you're always dressed like crap. Oh no! <laughs> I can say that because I'm always dressed like crap. I have nice sweats on. I have a yes. hoodie and a jacket. Always. Yes. Every day. It's a long bus trip, so I'm just going to be as comfortable as possible. If exactly. I, if I could wear pajamas, I would. You get on that bus, you got the iPad charged up, you yeah. watch a movie, and you go, oh, we're here. Hey, here you go. Big story in sports today. MLB, the new Fanatics uniforms, the, the pants are clear. Shot or no shot, we yes. should get Hoodie a pair of the see-through Fanatics pants to call the games in. I better not. I, I put an eye out. Oh, God. No one wants that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Excuse wow. me while I whip this out. Don't wow. wanna, I don't want to do that, Cap. That and by the way, I, so I guess you're trying to get a, a certain section of fans with these new uniforms. Have you seen these? Yeah, I Holy don't cow. think they realized it, brother. What are you doing there? Yeah, it's horrible. Who is that for? Who are you trying to attract with that? Yeah, it's bad. Let's just get back to where it was. Just get the uniform back to where it was. Stop. The jerseys are terrible. Yeah, it's all bad. 
Morning, Coach. Uh, me? Morning. How you doing? How you doing? Have a good game. Yes, sir. Get me those rebounding charts. <laughs> Told you, you talking to I told nobody. You, I told you getting on the plane. Mike Bray was reading a book and he saw me with the UIC stuff. He goes, "Hey, coach, how you doing? Me? Oh, uh, good, coach. Hey, tell coach I said hello. Whoever that coach is, because it's coach speak. There's no name. Right. Just, just tell Ask Sig- Waddle. First time I took him to the final four hey, coach, to do our show. Tell coach I said hello. Everyone walked. Hey, coach. Hey, coach. He's like nobody knows anybody's name. Just coach. They recognize Calipari or Jay Wright. That guy? They have no idea who that coach. Hey, coach. Shay, you should just walk just walk with me in the final four. They would think that guy's a coach. You because you, you just look like a coach. I'll right. just grab a clipboard. You just look like a coach. It'd be great. Put on a Michigan <laughs> State pullover and they'll go, hey, tell coaches oh, we said hello. They yeah, certainly will. I'll be on the sideline like Connor Stallions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you got? All right, there's a, there's a rumor going around social media about the Bears' plans at quarterback that they are going to check in on Russell Wilson. Wilson is expected to be released by the Broncos and was the reason Waldron was initially hired in Seattle. A lot of people don't know this. Russell Wilson handpicked Shane Waldron as his offensive coordinator in Seattle. Shot or no shot, bringing Russell Wilson in as a veteran option for a rookie quarterback is actually a good idea. <laughs> That's a no shot. For the Bears? I, yeah. No. No shot. I don't want him in the room. I don't hear good things about him in the room. Uh, Sean Payton can't wait to get him out of there and take that massive dead cap hit. No thank you. Pass. Is, if, at House Hall, is there an extra office for Russell Wilson to set up shop and his three screens and his video machine? No. That guy. Is he going to be able to do all that when he's working on a vet min? <laughs> working on a what? <laughs> vet minimum. A vet, vet. Yeah. Uh, you, you know what? It's Russell Wilson. He'll try. Oh, he'll try. He tried to pull it in Denver until Sean Payton found out about it. I was like, they asked him at the first yeah. press conference, is Russ going to have his up? What are you talking about? Well, in Denver, he was one of the highest paid players in football. You get a little I mean, ability to swing it around. If you're working on a vet minimum contract, I don't know if you're. Uh, have the same cachet. I mean, I mean, he was not even in the locker room. He had his own office. You remember when they asked Sean Payton at his first press conference, what about Russ having his own guy in the building and his office? He what? He has his own office and he has his own trainer. Uh, yeah, that will not be continuing immediately. Done. Russ was in his office and Sean said, hey, can I come in for a second? What, what is all this? Uh, yes, set up, you know. Hey, man, let's ride. Go Broncos, let's ride. Broncos country. Yeah. Take this crap down. You're going down there with the locker room with the rest of the team. See you downstairs. So long. <laughs> oh, oh, that was... So long, everybody. That was it. And no. we know how that Cap. ended. Cap. Seriously. That's true. You did, you... Yeah, this is a nice office you got here. Could be for one of our assistants. Pack your crap up. Downstairs. Down with the rest of the team. Enough. Seriously, like, who do you think you are? Right. <laughs> you got your own office. You're not going to be with your team in the locker room and environment. You're the, and you're the leader, supposedly. Huh. Huh. That wasn't going to fly. Yeah, no. All right, Che. All right, we opened the show today talking about Matt Eberflus growing a beard, how hot mm. and heavy it got everybody feeling when they mm. saw it, and Ooh. how he truly has a championship look about him now. Tyler Aki said it's an 11-win look. 
for Matt Eberflus and the zipped up quarter zip with the beard and the high and tight haircut. He looked good. Shot or no shot. The best Chicago sports acquisition since Montez Sweat is Matt Eberflus's beard. Uh, that's a shot. Yeah, that's an absolute shot. That would be me. Thank you, Coach. That's an absolute shot. Uh, I'm all in. He's going to win the Super Bowl here. <laughs> Is that what you're saying, Super yep. Bowl? Yep. Is that what you're saying? Yep. I, I think uh, it's fantastic. Someone worked with him. Now, using that situation, Cap, isn't that a stylist? Or was that your significant other? I think that was Mrs. Eberflus. Mm-hmm. Why don't you grow a beard? Mm-hmm. Had a goatee, I want to say, in Dallas. I think he did. A goatee, I think, of saw some. a picture of that or but, video. But now, I mean, he's got to keep that look because mustaches win, win championships in Chicago. That's correct. Or beards. I mean, but even Matt. Do you think he knows it. that? No. No, I don't know. He's been around here enough to know that someone might have said it once. Even Madden knew, though. We need to get, he knew. Madden paid attention to that stuff. Yes, because he's crazy. Yes, <laughs> that's why. You don't uh, think it was Kevin Warren coming down from upstairs saying, look, man, you're going to be around here. We're going to have a star quarterback. we got to get you looking right. No shot. They, then, th- you think they took him to the black barbershop hoodie? I don't think so. No, I, I don't <laughs> think so. I think it was just the universal barbershop that said, hey, let's fix you up and, <laughs> and grow this out. Deeper Flus was in there debating LeBron and Jordan. <laughs> With wine. <laughs> like LeBron. Yeah. He's on the HBO show with LeBron and Draymond Green. Got a Colt 45 Matt, sitting in front Matt of him. And Eberflus. That would be me. <laughs> you know what? Because he's been around so many players, it would not surprise me. It would not surprise me. Agreed. All right. What else do we have? All right. There is a big event going down at the United Center on Sunday. Chris Chelios' jersey retirement. Not only is Chelios' number seven going up in the rafters, but it is also a game against the arch-rival Red Wings, which means it is also Patrick Kane's return to the United Center. And it's going to be a star-studded event where even Michael Jordan is expected to be in attendance. Shot or no shot, this will be the biggest Chicago sports event of the year. Of the wait of the twenty twenty four year or of yep. the winter sports season of the year, you're going to have Michael Jordan in there. You're going to have a laundry list of celebrities. Chelios jersey going up. Yeah, Patrick Julia Roberts Kane's return. It's Blackhawks wings. This is this is as many storylines in one regular season event for a horrible team as I think I've ever seen. Yeah, no, no <laughs> shot because the Bears will clinch to go to the playoffs. this All year. All right, I, I would, and say- that will be on the heels of the Cubs being in the playoffs. I would say that at this point in time, it would be a shot, for sure. Think about it. Michael Jordan, Chris Chelios meant a lot to the city. To the awesome, Hawks. but it will not be the highlight of the sports year in Chicago. We'll have two playoff teams. Mm-hmm. Cubs and Bears are going to the playoffs. Bears, if they're going to do that, the Bears will clinch that in January of 25. Coming up, we will hear wow. from Albert Breer. The latest on the Bears in the National Football League from SI.com and Monday Morning Quarterback. That's coming up. Cap and Jay Hood on Chicago's Home for Sports. Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. Now time for Albert Breer, Monday morning quarterback in SI.com. He's on the hotline. Yes, the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Don't worry, call the Car X Good morning, Albert. How are you? Good morning, guys. And I wasn't dodging you early in the week. I was on a legitimate family ski vacation, which we are wrapping up right now. God bless you. You and uh, did you enjoy it? 
Oh, I, I love skiing. I, um, you know, my phone doesn't really work up there, which is great. Um, <laughs> and uh, and no, it's it, it is um, it's something I've done since like my mother is Austrian, so it's sort of I guess you could say it's in my blood, and I've been doing it since I was about, I mean, two years old, as young as I can remember. I was I was up on skis, and so nothing clears my head better. Um, it's a great three days, and we're heading back now. You know, did you see Justin Fields while you were up there? I did not. I did not. But I think some other people did, right? Yeah. With uh, one of the St. Brown brothers, Adam, yeah. right? Yes. Now, you know, while you were away, that's one thing you didn't have to deal with like we've had because uh, yeah. Fields finally speaks. He speaks on the Browns Brothers podcast and says, you know, he's going to unfollow the Bears. Of course, that's the new thing now when you're a young person. Unfollow him. That's, that's really a shot over across the bow when you do that. So how do you read into this? We, we all expect Fields to be traded. Is that still the, the thought? Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I think the way you look at it, I mean, it, it, like, the thing about these unfollowings is, like, that's a deliberate act. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, so it, it's not nothing. Um, and I think we've seen over time it's almost never nothing, you know. Um, and I can understand where, like, if he was a little sick of talking about this or, you know, like wanted to just kind of shut down for – a few weeks where he would do something like that. Um, But I mean, Justin's also smart enough to know that's going to get a reaction, you know? So, I mean, how about just not looking at Instagram at all for a couple of weeks? How would that, you know, like, um, so I, you know, I I hesitate to say it's nothing because it's almost never nothing. Um, And yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the likelihood continues to be, um, you know, in my mind, at least that he'll be traded um, you know, I, I think just in a very organic, natural way, the process of that has already begun with, you know, teams talking to, to, to Ryan Pohl's directors and his, and his coaches at the, at, the, um, at the Senior Bowl about Justin. And then, you know, more recently them meeting about um, finalizing the plan at quarterback and, and what that's going to mean going forward. And remember, this coming week at the Combine, that's when, you know, the, the, the ball really started rolling on trading the number one overall pick last year. So I'd expect that, you know, whatever the plan is, the execution of it really kind of gets going next week. So you, from what I hear, I would be stunned if the Bears decided to keep Justin. A, would you be stunned? And B, yesterday Shane Waldron meets the media. Have you talked to Justin yet? Yeah, we exchanged a couple text messages. Hold on a second now. He lives. That's your quarterback. <laughs> yeah, ju- I'm not saying you got to have him out on the field doing down and outs, but geez, you, you, he lives in the northern suburbs. You're in the facility, and you haven't even had a cup of coffee. That tells you all you need to know. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I mean, look, like this isn't an indictment on Justin Fields. I think that that's um, these things become like yes or no, black and white, like so often. You know what I mean? Like, and I just don't think that's what this is. I think. As much and look like if I was Justin and and you know I thought I was on the way out I'd probably be pissed too. Of course he's gonna have personal pride. He's a really accomplished athlete, you know. Um, but you know I think that, that as we've talked about over the last six months or so, um, you know the circumstance is just a really weird one where you wind up with some other team's pick, and that team winds up being the worst team in the league, and there's a generational quarterback coming out this year. And you have a chance to reset the rookie quarterback uh, or the rookie contract for a quarterback clock. And you, you just start to like put these pieces together and it's, it becomes less of a, less and less of a question of, of what they're going to do, you know? So, 
you know, if Justin had become, you know, Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Joe Burrow or, or any of those guys, like then you know, we'd have we would be having a different conversation. It doesn't mean he's not a good player. It's just that he's not a great player right now, and there's a chance there to get a great player and get a great player, um, you know, at a really good rate for the next four years. And so I think yes, that's probably what they wind up doing, and, and Justin winds up being collateral damage in that equation. What have you heard about Shane Waldron? Uh, you know, coming in now as the OOC. I thought he was a yeah. head coaching candidate. At least was on some lists. What have you heard about him overall? Well, yeah, and he and he had been, and and I think like this is sort of how fickle these things can go, hoodie. You know, like that. Um, you know, like in a lot of cases, you know, like a guy's name gets hot, and then you know a year or two later, the guy he's working for gets fired, and which is what happened effectively in Seattle. And now all of a sudden, he's got to sort of start over again. And it's not that Shane's got to start over again from ground zero. Because I do think he was, you know, from a resume standpoint, maybe the most attractive um, offensive coordinator candidate out there. And it was good on the Bears to be as aggressive as they were in going and getting him. Um, but Shane's not a different coach than he was a year ago when he was lauded for um, resurrecting Geno Smith's career. Um, and it's not like the Seahawks had a bad year this year, you know. It's not like Geno had a bad year this year. Like a lot of things that were true about Shane Waldron a year ago, they're true now. Um, he's got experience calling plays. He was Sean McVay's right-hand man. In fact, to some degree, he was sort of what Mike McDaniel was to to Kyle Shanahan um, in Los Angeles. You know what I mean? Like, he was that version of what they have in San Francisco and L.A. Um, and, um, and, and and he's, he's you know, led really productive offenses and developed young talent, like guys like Kenneth Walker and Jackson Smith and Jake Butt. Um, you know, the two tackles there, Charles Cross and Abe Lucas. Like, there's a ton to like about Shane Waldron. I thought... Um, you know, genuinely, like Matt Eberflus and, and Ryan Poles did really, really well to get Shane Waldron when they did, because I think if they had waited three, four, five more days in that process, I, my my guess is that that Shane Waldron would have would have had multiple offers he was sorting through. Albert, why are so many in the league coming out? I'm not talking about current GMs or current scouts, but so many from Robert Griffin the third to Rex Ryan, they should trade the pick, get a haul, and build around Justin. Do they not watch the tape and then see some of the flaws no, that the I, Bears are seeing? I think it's like people are defensive of players who are in the league. Um, and, you know, like they're defensive of players who are in the league versus um, players who aren't yet in the league, you know? And so... You know, for a lot of those guys who've been through the wars, like a Rex Ryan or a Robert Griffin who've been in there, um, they understand how hard it is. And they're like, wait a minute, like you're, so you're going to just project a guy into that spot when you've already got a guy who's shown he can produce? Um, and they're taking the, sort of the rest of it out of it. You know what I mean? Like, of course I would rather have somebody with experience than somebody with no experience. Um, you know, and in a baseline, I can understand, like, where – if you've been through, um, you know, an NFL season, if you've been through NFL games, like you have a respect for people who have been through that. Justin Fields has been through three years of that. Caleb Williams has been through zero games of it. You know, so I can understand having that level of respect for guys who have done it. You know, that said, um, you know, Ryan Pohl's job, <laughs> Matt Eberflus's job, is not, to, is not just to respect the work of the guys who are there. It's to, you know, look, look out for the long-term you know, the long-term fortunes of the franchise. And, um, you know, again, like, I think that that's where, um, you know, you, you have to look at this, like what this looks like for the next three or four years, not just what, what it looks like in September. 
You know, Albert, I guess it's okay these days to be able to find out rumor innuendo, whether or not it's true or not. But some things have to be behind closed doors. This whole story with Antonio Pierce says the Raiders will be channeling their uh, inner bad boy, meaning the, the Detroit Pistons when they play the Chiefs. I mean, and so Max Crosby said this on his podcast saying yeah, that... Jordan Rules, right? The, Wasn't that what it was? Yeah, just like, the, like they're going to rough up... The idea is to rough up uh, Patrick Mahomes. Why yeah. is that out there in the public? If that's the game plan to try to rattle him, of course that's what you're going to try to do to try to beat Mahomes. But I just think that that's, that's interesting. I wonder what the league thinks of that. I don't know what the league thinks of it. Um, it's a rough game. I mean, look, like if we're being honest, Teddy, um, that's the way... You, Every team approaches facing an elite quarterback. Hit him so he feels you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Hit him so he knows you're coming. Hit him so he has to think about hanging in there in the pocket for an extra second or uh, waiting on someone's route, right? Like, make him think about you coming for him. And that's just the brutal reality of football. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't seven on seven. And so um, there is a honesty to what Antonio Pierce is doing. I also understand what you're saying, which is like, why do they need to put that out there? And I do think with, you know, a lot of times with like the young new head coach who might be, um, you know, who might have rose quickly like Antonio Pierce did. There's that feeling of needing to assert yourself and establish yourself. And um, look, all his players are going to hear this. You know what I mean? Like his players, I think the best, the guys who are best at this aren't talking to the media or to the public, but through the media and through the public to their players. Um, you know, I, I think the the intention for Antonio Pierce would be that his players hear this and his players think, like, he's really, really, really has deep belief in this and he's got our back and, and, and we're going to go to war for him in the way he's telling us to. Do you – I know you wrote this. Last year you were the guy that broke the story that the Bears were going to trade the number one pick, Correct. I wrote a bunch of stuff about it, yes. And that yeah. was yeah. that was all that anniversary has already come and gone. The fact that they have not made it clear yet, do you expect a deal to get done before free agency? And could we even see it next week? All right, you want Justin for whatever it is? Yeah, I think yeah, I think the bones of it could um could could be there next week. The bones of a trade could be in place next week. I I think that they're like I think trading the trading a pick and trading a player are different things. Mm-hmm. Um, trading a pick, there's like benefit to there can be benefit to waiting. You know, like there can be benefit to waiting for things to crystallize. And I remember talking to Ryan Poles about this last year, and he was like, somebody was going to have to give us a premium um, for us to move off the pick that early. And the Panthers brought that premium with um, you know DJ Moore being part of that trade. Um, you know, I think in this case. Uh, I don't think you necessarily need the premium move Justin Fields before the start of free agency. The reason why is because if you do wait to the end of March or the beginning of April or whatever it is, well, then now like there are going to be far fewer teams that have quarterback openings. You know, Kirk Cousins is going to have a team. Um, Baker Mayfield is going to have a team. Jacoby Brissett is going to have a team. Teams are going to have a better idea of what, this is the top of the draft. And yes, maybe one shakes out where it's like, okay, we don't really like the draft class. Um, but I think chances are the number of teams that need a quarterback right now is much greater than it will be five or six weeks from now. Um, once free agency starts, once player movement starts, well, now, you know, I think the market for every player who might be on the trade block 
um, gets knocked down a notch. And so, you know, I think that that's why if you're the Bears, there is some urgency to get moving on this because if you're going to get the best return, the best return is probably going to be available to you right now rather than three, four, or five weeks from now. Uh, I don't. We were talking before a couple of days ago about the Steelers, right? Yeah. You said you saw yeah. a story about the Steelers saying that they believe in Kenny Pickett. Yeah, Jerry Dulac was saying that he believes they're not bringing anyone in to compete to be the starter, just another body in the room. Is that accurate? That can't be true. I mean, I know. I, I think. I think what's going to happen? Like, I think there is some belief in, in Kenny Pickett. Um, you know, but I, I, I do think that they want to push him. And they're not going to sit there on their hands and wind up where, you know, say the Patriots are now with Mac Jones, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there are some parallels to the situation. Both guys are a little physically limited, had similar reputations coming out of college, had good first years, and then, you know, not as good second years. So I, I actually think, like, somebody like Justin makes a lot of sense. It just depends on how you want to fill out the position, right? Like, do you want to bring in somebody who's going to know Arthur Smith's system and who's going to know um, – who's going to know like the ins and outs and be able to help Kenny Pickett with it? Or do you want somebody who's going to compete with them? Like, so like the, 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 the former situation would be like, you bring in Ryan Tannehill, right? Like, so you say, okay, we'll bring in Tannehill. He'll help Kenny Pickett grow and learn the system. And if Kenny doesn't turn the corner, then Ryan's our starter versus, you know, the latter scenario, which is we bring in Justin Fields and let them compete and let the best man win. And, um, you know, I think Pittsburgh would make a ton of sense for Justin Fields for two reasons. Number one, Arthur Smith has great experience creating different offenses for different quarterbacks, right? Like, so he can really fit his offense to whoever is playing quarterback for him. Um, it's a real strength of his. And so I think that for that reason, it'd be a good fit for Justin. And then number two, um, Mike Tomlin's connections to the Ohio State program are really, really strong. You know, through guys like, you know, Ryan Shazier and, and Cam Hayward and, He's had a great rapport with that staff forever and ever and ever. And, um, you know, I, I think for that reason, like, he's got great background on Justin. So, like, I think Pittsburgh would actually be a really interesting fit if they decide to put competition in the room rather than the, like, veteran, like, hey, like, if this doesn't work out, at least we can tread water with this guy. As always, Albert, we appreciate it. Thanks for making the time, sir. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. There he is, Albert Breer. Usually with us every Tuesday at eight thirty, but we want to get him in this week, and here he is. There he is. He gave us good stuff. He thinks, as he put it, "quote the bones of a Justin Fields trade could go down next week when everybody's at the Indianapolis Scouting Combine, where the Waddle and Silk Show will be broadcasting live." Coming up next, we're going to move around the NFL to next. How about that? How about that? We'll do around the NFL. That's coming up next on a Friday morning on the Cap and J-Hood Morning Show. Cap and J-Hood are back. Glad to hear both of you guys back. Uh, Happy New Year to both of you. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Nick Foles sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come and then he pulls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? Time for Around the NFL right here on the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. And Cap, the 8 a.m. hour of Cap and J. Hood is brought to you by 
The 8 a.m. hours brought to you by the Village of Bolingbrook. Elevate your business at B, that's B-E, Bolingbrook.com. Shane Orley. All right, let's get started going around the NFL. I saw a list this morning of bold moves for every team this offseason. I picked some of the juiciest and some of the closest to home. We start with the Chicago Bears, the story at ESPN. The bold move this offseason for the Bears is one we're all tired of hearing about. Draft Caleb Williams and keep Justin Fields. I mean, that's, I mean, there's a section of the audience cap that feels that that's the way you should go. Mm-hmm. That keep Fields and then with Caleb Williams, that's just not going to happen that way. At least, at least from our standpoint, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen that way. No, because... Is Justin going to, and again, Justin's a really good person, but is he going to embrace his obvious successor and every time he doesn't have a good game or the Bears lose, get the kid in. He just, Justin gets a fresh start. He'll probably go somewhere and play good football. He'll be out of the circus that is Chicago. And Caleb will come in as the starter and they'll add a third name to the room. What's the one story that we talked about earlier this week regarding Justin Fields working with veteran quarterbacks so when he first got here? Josh Lucas, who was, I think, second or one of the lieutenants to Ryan Pace, mm-hmm. was on a podcast, and they asked him about that. Bill Zimmerman was interviewing him and said, what about you know having both of them? And he threw cold water on that idea, saying that when they had Dalton and Foles it was not a good situation in the room with Justin. Uh-huh. So. Just wondering. Yeah. So we'll see. All right, Shay. Three teams had the same bold outside-the-box move for the offseason. The Steelers, Falcons, and Bucks. The Bucks were a surprise. Should all trade for Justin Fields. Okay. In order, Cap, of need. The teams that need him the most. Steelers. And Bucks, and what was the other one? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the explanation... No, 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 no the Bucks, Steelers, and... Uh, Falcons. Falcons, okay. Yeah. The explanation for the Bucks on this is what's good for the Goose is good for the Gander, or rather, what's good for the Falcons is good for the Buccaneers. So basically, you trade for Justin Fields so that Atlanta can't get him? I don't understand this. You just had Baker Mayfield take you to the playoffs, win a game, throw six touchdowns, two picks in the playoffs. Don't you just sign him? I think you strike while the iron's hot. Or the Bucks think, will we get a younger asset in Justin Fields that we can be able to mold and shape in a different uniform, a different atmosphere? Maybe you think that's the best that you can get out of Baker Mayfield. You know, here's something we don't, we don't talk about enough on the show, Cap. Kind of like Theo Epstein, a lot of very smart general managers or leaders of men, when you can be able to decide that you're going to unplug from an athlete early, a year early than a year late, that's foresight, isn't it? When yes. you can, when you can look at a, a player, and usually Theo was like, if you're over 30, unless you're really special, I can't use you. I can't pick you up in free agency. We know you're on the downward side. Right. So, I, so I'd rather trade you or let you go in free agency before you get to a certain age before I get diminishing returns than to keep you on and then pay through the nose for an older asset. So I would say that if you're the Bucks. I like what Baker Mayfield has done. I'm wondering, do the Bucks look at it and say, I'll take the younger guy in fields, the younger, cheaper but asset. How, but how is that an upgrade for what they do? I'm just talking about years 
of the of the player. That's what I'm talking about. Is an upgrade from Baker Mayfield the way Mayfield has played? No. Baker's only 28. Just saying. He'll a lot be of tra- 29 in April. I'm trying the tires. Not old. I'm not calling him old. I'm just saying that if that's the Bucks, that could be a consideration. Yeah, I, I'm saying not what is. I'm saying that could be a consideration. That would surprise me greatly. I don't even think that would be a consideration. I'm just telling you, anything could happen in the NFL. I mean, he threw for 4,000 yards, 28 yeah. to 10 TD to interception, a 94.6 rating. I would be shocked. If they moved on from Baker to trade for Justin, that would stun me. He had the perfect passer rating at Lambeau. First time that's ever happened, a rogue quarterback, perfect passer rating there. Shea went through the numbers yesterday of what quarterbacks could earn. Sometimes that is a concern for teams. True. You want to pay Baker Mayfield $40 million now or go get fields and worry about it in two years? That's, that's, that's all I'm saying. Like it, but I think that that's something it could be a consideration. Yes. What if you could get Baker in the 30s? Can you? Why? It's what I went back to yesterday. Yeah. If you're Baker Mayfield and you're his representation, why are you taking less than Daniel well, Jones when you've done more? Okay, just tell me who's going out and signing him. Somebody will. One of these desperate I mean, teams. Let's not forget this was a guy that was on, played for three teams yeah, last year. Of course, but he also just. Cleveland, when did they release him? Maybe they released him before the season. He played in Carolina. He played for the Rams. Ended up in Tampa. Going back to yesterday's show, yellow pad page number 75 from what, what Shea was telling us yesterday. Dak Prescott could make anywhere over $60 million. Jared Goff, Aaron is Jared Goff, $52 million. Mayfield, it was 75 you gave me. You say 75 well, They said that he uh, could look for the Geno Smith contract. The Buccaneers would look for the Geno three Smith. Three for 75 Yeah, three for 75 Yeah. But they also said because of what happened with Daniel Jones, Baker could, will, should look for more. And love 50 could be uh, up and over $50 million per year. So what I'm saying is that it's a possibility. Now, if I'm ranking him, Cap, quickly, if I'm ranking them for Justin Fields, for me, it's Falcons 1, Steelers 2, Bucks 3. Yeah, I wouldn't even have the Bucks on the list. It would just be Falcons-Steelers for me. I just don't see a scenario where Tampa does that. Well, we, we just gave you the financial ramifications. I understand You're, you're, that, you're waiting you two years. to win football games. And that, that is a clear downgrade if you go from Baker Mayfield to Justin Fields based on how they've played to this day. Oh, my. You're saying Justin's bad. I didn't say that. I just said Baker's a better player than he is to this point. Taking Baker Mayfield, Cap, that's the cowardly way out. Oh! Wow! Oh, my. All right. Boy, the bad timing of the social media, boy. Aren't we on the air? Couldn't couldn't a man see that after 10 a.m.? Boy, this Justin Field cult. (laughs) Field's cult, man. Holy. All right. Well, let's move on. Let's stay close to home with the Lions. A bold move for the Detroit Lions that would, I think, put the fear of God in the rest of the NFC North and maybe the entire NFC. Sign Chris Jones. Oh, my God. Oh, oh shit. I wish he was a bear. They have the money to do it. Yeah. If, he, if Listen, if Kansas City can't get a deal done with Chris Jones, the Lions have the need and the money. I don't see any reason why the Bears should allow that to happen, but if it did happen... I think it would put the fear of God in this division and, frankly, in the conference. I agree. But yeah. if, if Pauls gets Chris Jones, who? 
Oh, Daddy, that would be amazing. It just it just shows you the commitment to winning. Yeah. You're just adding on. You feel like you got a good football team. Okay, we underachieved. How about Chris Jones in the mix? Now what? Now what? Hey, Chris. Ryan Poles. Yep. How about this contract? Mm-hmm. You do that, I'm coming. Brother. I'll have a plane there tonight. I mean, it's an arms race. You you can't you can't let the Lions get in there. You can't do that. You, if you're the Bears, you do it was best for the team, but also other teams with cap space that, or that will move heaven and earth for a certain player, you step in there. You knock on the door and free agency starts. That's how you do it. You're a winning ball player. Let's go. All right, Shay, can you sneak in one more? Yeah, about the Minnesota Vikings. I've been talking about this for a little while, and now it's in this ESPN article of bold moves. Trade Justin Jefferson and reset. They cannot commit the money long-term to Justin Jefferson when they don't have an idea of who their long-term quarterback's going to be. They are That's a very short-term move that's going to hurt them in the lengthy future. They got to trade him and reset the franchise. Start over. They did it with Diggs. They did it with Randy Moss. And I think they're going to do it again with Justin Jefferson. See, I was going to ask you, okay, I'm good with that. Just tell me who the quarterback is. And that's still murky. Is yeah. it Kirk Cousins? If it's Kirk Cousins, no. Jefferson, you got to stay here now. Come on. You we can't you. afford both guys. You can't. But if you don't re-sign Kirk, you go get a young quarterback, you re-sign Justin Jefferson. Either way, with, without one or the other, it feels like a middling team. That's how impactful they are, Cap. Without Kirk Cousins or Jefferson. Agreed. It feels like you're just What sideways. number are they picking? 10 or 11? Down the line here. I feel like you're I feel like you're a middling 11. team. 11. Yeah. 11. So maybe they move up and grab JJ McCarthy. Yeah. Zoom in there and get him. Got a good running game? Gonna need it. Shay. All right, I got one you, more. You, you, you think he's you think he's going to start, don't you? No, I don't think he starts as a rookie. Yeah. But maybe they bring him in as their future guy and then they go sign a veteran. Okay, so the Vikings in last place while the Bears soar. Maybe yeah. for a year. Hit the reset button. One of the things I'm looking at says Baker Mayfield will get three years, $82.5 million, $45 million in guarantees, 27.5 annually. Just a click more than Geno Smith. Shay? Uh, last one. I think this is a peak interest to Bears fans. Yeah. For the Cincinnati Bengals. Move on from T. Higgins and draft a wide receiver round one. Fair. Instead of committing the money at the wide receiver position when you've got Jamar Chase locked up, you're going to bloat your cap sheet at wide receiver if you bring back T. Higgins. Let Higgins go. Draft a wide receiver with your first round pick. For the Bengals, yeah. I think it's fascinating if you're a Bears fan because we all want T. Higgins to hit the open market. Yes. All of us. I'm good with that as long as the Bears get T. Higgins. If he goes someplace else, I don't care as much. I called Mrs. Higgins this weekend. Let's oh. see what I can do. What's up, baby? How you doing? It's cat. Probably shouldn't <laughs> say it that from, way. <laughs> from Southwest. Yeah. Miss Higgins, how you doing? I, I remember turning around. I'm like, wow, you're in all that Bengal stuff flying to Kansas City. Yeah, my boy is going to show out on Sunday. Who's your boy? T. Higgins. What? Get him to Chicago. His daddy's from Chicago. Let's go. Get it done, Mrs. Higgins. 
An actual quote. His daddy's from Chicago. That's what she said. You felt like you were an episode of Good Times, didn't you? Back coming recruiting. Up, coming up next. <laughs> coming up next. The Chicago Bulls lose to the Boston Celtics. What does a stretch run of the Bulls look like? We'll talk about that. Don't forget Jesse Rogers with the latest in the Cubs and Sox. And we've got a baseball call that we got to get to as well. And we need to make sure we read the Albert Breer quote again, what he said about how quickly a trade could come down for Justin. As Captain Jay Hood, right here on Chicago's Home for Sports, his daddy. Cap and Jay Hood are back. We're putting the band back together. The nerve center of a great rhythm and blues band. On Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. It's the Captain Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. The, uh, the Bulls lost last night as the second half of the season started for the NBA. Bulls lost to the Boston Celtics. We're not here to break down the game. We just want to tell you that that's what it looks like, Cap, when you're the best team in the NBA. That's what it looks like. When it's well coached and you've got multiple weapons, that's what it looks like. And if you're Arturis Karnaschovas or if you're Mark Eversley or if you're Michael Reinsdorf and you see the Celtics come in there and you think, oh, we're the hard, scrappy Chicago Bulls. We'll find a way. Well, some nights you will, but most nights you will not. And so when you see Tatum, who should be, if not the MVP, close to it, an MVP candidate, he should be right there at the top. When you have Drew Holiday, who the Bucks are missing right now as a glue guy, white, brown, Perzingis, a healthy Perzingis, along with the rest of this team, Cap, that's what it looks like. And so here's this Bulls team is going to struggle to try to find their way into the play-in. And if you're a Bulls fan at the United Center, you might have liked the aesthetics. You like being there to see the Bulls on the floor. And you love the hard work of DeRozan and Kobe White. But ultimately, what you saw on the floor last night in Chicago was the best of the best at this point in time. A veteran team that knows how to win. I watched every second of that game last night. To watch the number of shooters that they run out there at you, whether it's Drew Holiday knocking down a three, Porzingis hitting two threes, Derek White hitting a billion of them, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Oh, Peyton Pritchard, who demanded a trade last year when he didn't play much in the playoffs. Oh, they got a new four-year deal done with him. That guy's banging threes. They've got shooters all over the floor. They've got guys that are attacking the rim. They've got greatness. And by the way, Snorling, I know you don't like him, but Jalen Brown, man, that is a really good player. Holy, I'm watching him pass the basketball, get up and guard, block a guy's shot, bang shots, score 21 points. He is a complete-ass player. And whatever it costs to pay him, they figured it out. That team's awesome. Right. I think all the things that you mentioned that he did was all with his right hand, correct? I'd have to go back and check. The yeah, I'm just going to wait until he's turning the ball over 11 times, dribbling it off his foot in the playoffs again. And that's okay. That guy's a good player. Yeah, he's, he is a good player. He is a good player. He's not a $305 million player. Well, that's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the price of, pay, of doing business. Tells you what they're making. They can afford it. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I think a lot of Celtics fans are just like, wow, that's a big price tag. Would you consider some of the all-time greats as put in that uniform? But it is what it is. It's where we are in 2024. That's a great team, though. That team should is built to last to me right. in the playoffs. It's like saying Dak Prescott's a $60 million quarterback. Yeah. Well, guess what? He doesn't win at all in the postseason. But guess what? That's the price of doing business. Also, let me put a bow on this because we'll be moving on to other things. But let me put a bow on this when it comes to the NBA. So on Saturday and Sunday last week where people were talking about the All-Star game, 
is they're saying, oh, I can't watch the All-Star game. These guys aren't competing. Well, you're right. The, the players were not competing in the All-Star game. And I'm here to tell you that I have not watched that, that game in a decade. And you know I'm a diehard basketball fan. Mm-hmm. Love the league. Uh, have worked with the league on Series 6 and NBA Radio. Some of the worst shifts that I've had to work, and they're all, hey, listen, it's great to be able to work on NBA radio, but when you're coming on after the All-Star game and you're trying to break that down, break that down? Like, what is it to break down? A bunch of guys that are not playing hard, and it's a reason, because every one of those guys we see on the floor cap, they're a corporation. They're their own business. And so there is no real incentive for the players to play hard. The All-Star game was put in place so we could see actually new stars and to be able to see players that you normally don't see. If you're from Chicago before the whole thing with the NBA package, you see somebody from Charlotte, Portland, you know, Phoenix, other places, and you see them be with the other All-Stars. My whole point is, is that as a basketball fan, the thing I, I watch the least is All-Star Weekend. I actually take a break from the NBA because it's not the regular season games I watch every night. So, it, so when it comes to All-Star Weekend, because it happens every year, you can mark your calendar. People say, I can't understand this All-Star game. Why is it so bad? You know why people are up in arms about a cap? Because it's not football. It's the, it's the week that there's no NFL, there's no Super Bowl, there's no playoffs. It's like, well, what else? Am, what am I going to watch? Well, I haven't watched the NBA all season. Let me turn it on. Oh, the NBA sucks. Oh, the NBA's doing well, thank you. The I, NBA's doing fine. Look, I know they got drill 129-112, I yep. think, last night. That's it. I enjoyed the game. I did. The, the Bulls... We're down big early, roared back and had the lead at the half. And when Boston has to get a stop, they do it. When Boston has to make a shot, they do it. When they have to make an elite pass, they do it. And then they got greatness in Brown and Tatum. So I enjoyed the game. The Bulls just aren't good enough. And sad, the pathetic front office does nothing while Brad Stevens, Brad Stevens sits over there and just keeps making moves. Oh, I can get Porzingis? Done. I can get Drew Holiday? Done. All I'm telling you is that someone who watches the league every night, the reason why that there's complaints in every market about, oh, the league sucks, the league's bad, you know why? Because more than times than not, your team is not going to win the championship. Correct. And isn't good enough. So it always is going to suck. Even to a Bulls fan, oh, the league's bad. Is bad. Yeah, because there's no Jordan walking through those doors. That's the reason why. Correct. So, so, so for me, when people this time of year complain about the league, it's because they haven't watched it all year. They turn it on and go, look at the abomination of this all-star game. It is. And I don't watch, and I'm an NBA fan, Cap. And so that's the reason, because I know that these guys aren't going to play hard. What's the incentive? I heard, hey, give every player a million dollars. Like, that means something to them. To that economy, an extra million dollars is like a dollar to us. Correct. (laughs) To to, to them, it's like a dollar. But I I do think that's the only way to save it. I mean, you got guys like Larry Bird saying, do you guys not want to compete? I wanted to compete against the best. They don't. Sad. <laughs> and not to, not to the point where we're going to play hard like they do in the regular season. I thought a million dollars to them is like a dollar. Because they already are paid well. What's the incentive? They want to be healthy for the regular season and the push for the championship. That's what they care about. Baseball starts in Chicago today. What's your excitement level? It's going to be the Cubs and the Sox starting at 2 o'clock right here on ESPN 1000.